life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for joining me. It's great to have you here. It's great on my end for it not to be snowing. I feel like it's been snowing nonstop. (laughs) It's so beautiful, but you really get tired of it real quick. But hey, it's cold. It's coming in at, what, 19 degrees right now, but it's not snowing, so I am very grateful. (laughs) Anyway, hey, you guys, thank you. Thank you for being here with me this week. I am excited to be able to recap uh, the story of Mark and Wendy Richardson. So I'm just so excited that they were willing to share their life story with us. Mark and Wendy, thank you, guys. You are beautiful. Um, You know, so often when we go through not just hard times, but stuff that other people can possibly look at and um, decipher, you know, and pick apart and, and, and just give their two cents on. It's hard to share that stuff. And uh, I'm so very thankful that you guys are willing to open up your marriage to us. I don't get a lot of married couples on here, so it's really great to hear your perspective, to hear what you've gone through and hear how you weathered the storm. So thank you. And I thank you for those of you who listened in, those who commented, you know, um, many of you, a lot of different things, but I'm trying to keep it in order, BJ, don't get out of sync. (laughs) You know, um, the main thing was that uh, people kept saying, well, more than anything else, I'm realizing that you can't maneuver the hand of God. Um, And I do think that is something that was very prevalent through Wendy's sharing in particular, both of them indeed, but Wendy's because hers was the story of the bride who, you know, you get married and you have these wide-eyed hopes and dreams. And literally, let me see, she said they got married in November and then in February things fell apart. It's, it's like somebody pulled the rug out from underneath you, you know, and it's so easy to try to, I don't know, hide away, uh, stick your head in the sand, pretend things isn't happening the way that they're happening. And um, her response, just like I believe most of our responses would be, was to try to maneuver the hand of God. You know, God, what can you do? I know you can do something, you know, and we try all sorts of shenanigans (laughs) to convince to convince uh, our loved ones to see things our way, to respond the way we want them to respond, or whatever the case may be. And I think that I'm learning through just my own personal life lessons. The longer I try to manipulate the hand of God, the longer the process takes. You know, I think it is God's way of saying, you will not manipulate my hand. I don't care how much of a tantrum you throw. I don't care how loud you scream or cry. You will not 
push me into doing what I know is best for you and in the timing in which I know it needs to be done. I can guarantee you 11 years felt like an eternity, an eternity for Wendy. You know, here she is day in and day out. I'm going, I'm going to church. I'm praying faithfully. I'm fighting for this. And I'm sure after year one, there was still faith there. But you get up to year five. You get on up to year 11. And then it's a whole different ball game. And I wonder for those of us that are in the midst of a battle that is taking a long time. And everybody has something. It may not be your marriage. It may be something that you're trying to change in your character and it just keeps coming back on you. And you're like, how long am I gonna have to deal with this? It's a long wait sometimes for the hand of God to do what it is he wants to be done, what it is he wants to have done. And sometimes that doesn't make sense to our human minds. Our thinking is, well, God, you want what's best for us. And God, I know you can do it. So what's taking so long? And I think if only, my goodness, if only we had a crystal ball in which we could see all of what is happening around us while we're praying and begging God to change something. There's so many pieces of the puzzle that is being worked out that we are unfamiliar with. So to our human eyes, it feels like it is taken forever or God, you've given up on me or God, you don't care. But if only we had a glimpse into all that God is doing. God was working on Wendy. He was also working on Mark. More likely also working on her mom. Also working on the church. Also working on the various people in his life that he was going to have to come back and have conversation with. There was just so many pieces of the puzzle. And not everyone is able and ready to turn over at the same time. But yet God needed all the pieces to align in order for him to bring to fruition the very thing she had been praying for for 11 years. That blows me away. It blows me away because it gives me, personally, it gives me peace. I can for sure trust the heart of God. I can trust that his heart is at work on my behalf for the better. And God, I may not see it. I may not know where you're going. I may not know where you're taking me. But I know that your way, your pathway is indeed the best way, the right way. And I think we get stuck in a trap We get stuck in that trap called time. As humans, we are slaves to time. So for us, 11 years is a lifetime. 
but for God, it is not. And if only we could step away from what time represents to us and step into what time represents to God, it would change how we go through it. Doesn't make it easy. Doesn't make it struggle-free or that you're not going to shed a lot of tears. But you know that something is happening. It's like, I hate making life comparisons, but it's like weight loss. You can do the work. You can eat the foods. You can drink the water and you can go, but I'm not losing anything. And you're so ready to just throw in the towel because I don't see it. It's taking too long. But if we just continue to do what we know we should do, have faith in the process, we start to see it turn around. And the same is true, guys, in what it is that we are going through. It may be a process much longer than you want it to be. But do you have hope and do you have faith in the process, in the hand of the man who can actually change it around? I loved it. And I know I laughed about it when she said it. You know, things didn't start really turning until she stopped trying to play MacGyver. (laughs) I cracked up when she said that because we know if you've ever watched the show MacGyver, He will put together all sorts of little things, making something work. He's duct taping it together. He's he's tying it together. He's paper clipping it together. Whatever it takes to make it work. And I think we live life that way. We do. We play MacGyver. I'm just going to duct tape my life together for the sake of it just to keep going. But I think one of the things I learned probably within the last two years is that God desires a lot more for BJ than just for her to keep going. I can have a car that just keeps going or I could have a car that runs smoothly the way the designer intended. And those are two different things. I think we are settling for just keep going. And when that happens, honestly, I think God deliberately breaks us down (laughs) because I don't want you to just keep going. I want you to run smoothly. I want you to run with purpose. I want you to live out loud and freely, not just keep going, not just existing. And when we hit a bump of some sort, it isn't because God has somehow lost his power (laughs) or lost his ability to control our lives, right? He is still in control. He still has the power to turn things around. We just don't like the decision that he's making in terms of our lives. God has taken you too long. What's wrong with you? Or what's wrong with me? Either way, we're seeing it as a problem. God is seeing it as a solution. I loved when she she jokingly said, you know, I felt like God had given me the wrong hand of cards. You know, he gave me the wrong deck. 
uh, we do that. When something happens that doesn't make sense to us, we have to try to place some kind of understanding on it. The fault has to fall somewhere. God, you gave me the wrong hand. God, you you, you made a mistake. God, you, you, you hit the wrong person. <laughs> and God's like, no. I am deliberately breaking you down. Just like I break down a car to force you to stop and press the reset button. Now, let's get this thing running the way it was designed to run. Not simply the way that you have MacGyvered it together to run. (laughs) You know, I think more than anything else, and thank you, so many of you said the exact same words. God allows us to go through all this so that we become God-reliant and not church-reliant. That's one of those things we know that intellectually. But I can't tell you how many of us have put ourselves, our families, our marriages, our lives into the hands of church. And obviously, I am so not against church. I lead a church. (laughs) So I'm so not anti-church. Please hear me. But church isn't God. Church isn't God. And when we get off course, when we lose sight of who the Savior really is, we end up very much like what Mark was sharing. All you can see is man. And at some point, that will implode. It will shut you down. He said, I wouldn't say I was hard-hearted. I was just shut down. God is a God of life. If I am connected to, in a relationship with, the God Almighty, I would never become shut down because the very God that is breathing life into my body refuses to let me die. So when I hear that people shut down and I myself have been there, it's because I had become reliant on church or people or something else. I was not reliant upon God and I'm asking us, to really look at yourself. Who have you put yourselves in the hands of? Who are you putting your faith in? You know, churches are wonderful because they help sustain us. They they are like the scaffolding of a building, helping you to stand. But they are not the reason that you are standing. Guys, I, as I was listening to their story, because I've gone back, I I go back and I re-listen and I re-listen before the recap. And I thought about, with Mark and Wendy, I thought about the education system. Obviously, I work in the schools. And there's so much reliance upon the education system to teach and train and direct our children that we as parents sometimes have relinquished our own personal responsibility and the education system is simply scaffolding 
to hold them up until they can find what it is they're really standing on. But as parents, we are the foundation. And I know I can get on a soapbox. I'm trying not to. But I know educationally, our system is somewhat broken. It is broken. Let's just get real. (laughs) We're trying. But the system is broken because it doesn't serve everyone. And it can't, honestly, serve and support everyone. But parents, we can serve and support our own child or children independently so that we're not counting on the scaffolding to make it work for them. You say, BJ, how does that tie into what we're doing? Because the church system, good intentions, good-hearted, is broken, not because it's bad, but because church alone cannot meet the needs of everybody. Everyone's needs are different. And no matter how much we try to create a one size fit all, one size does not fit all. Because church is simply the scaffolding that holds us up until we can stand rooted in our faith. But our faith has to be in God, just as our students have to be rooted in their parents. The kids that I work with, why do I work so hard? It's because most of them don't have parents. So they are missing the groundwork on which their whole lives are going to be. They're not going to find it in the education system. They're going to find it rooted in someone who stands in the role as parent. Guys, we are not going to find a solid relationship with the father. I think we've gotten confused. I, I, I know we've gotten confused. I know we have. Because we are so easily shaken when church lets us down, when church disappoints, when church doesn't have the music we enjoy, when church doesn't have the children's ministry that we like. We, <laughs> we have placed our faith in the wrong thing. We are counting on the scaffolding instead of the source. My prayer is that we will return to the source. So much will come at us during the course of our lives. God did not promise us, as we all know, (laughs) that become a Christian and life's going to be beautiful. He didn't promise us be born and life will go smoothly. So we have to get rooted in something that can stand forever. Scaffolding is designed to come down. It's designed to go up for a little bit and come down after a period of time. You know, so much will come our way. When Wendy said, you know, I had COVID twice. And yes, I was vaccinated. And yes, I was boosted. To the human mind, makes no sense. Life would do things that won't make any sense. And we are not immune, Christians or non, to the fact that life will come our way and we won't always like it. She said, I got COVID twice. 
And then the second time around, I found out that I had breast cancer. And then as I started to finally make my way through that, I got hit with anxiety. It's one thing after the other, after the other. God did not promise us a smooth road, but he did promise us a solid foundation on which we can stand as we go through it. You know, I love when Mark said, I, you know, as the person who's loving the person going through it, you know, you want to take it away. You want to fix it. He's like, you know what? All I could do was just be a peaceful cove. I just loved that expression. Sometimes all we can be for one another is a peaceful cove. God is not asking us to fix each other. We're not good at it. We don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Stop trying to fix something in which you really don't know anything about, right? Just be a peaceful cove because life doesn't stop just because we're dealing with something. It didn't stop because Wendy got COVID twice. It didn't stop because her husband had walked away from church and she was frantically, desperately crying out to God, praying for him to come back. It didn't stop because she got breast cancer and it won't stop just because she now has anxiety. As long as we are alive, we are going to deal with something. My prayer is that we would deal with it standing on a solid foundation that cannot be shaken, that cannot be torn down. I'm standing on the rock standing on the rock of my God. I enjoy the peaceful cove, as Mark said, of my church family. But if my church family were to disappear, my rock remains the same. I pray, guys, the same is true for you. Let's examine our lives. What's keeping you standing? And if you find that it is anything less than Abba, our Father, take the time, even if you have to do it yourself, to strip away the scaffolding and say, God, I will stand with you and on you, even if I have to do it on wobbly knees. I know that you will hold me up until I can stand on my own. But God, don't let me place my faith and my hope and my strength in anything less than you. Guys, you are amazing. Stay safe. I love you. I thank you so much for joining me. Until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.